You are listening to the We Only Do One Take Podcast. The only podcast in the world that is a complete shit show. Hello everyone and welcome back to the We Only Do One Take Podcast. It's the only podcast in the world that is a complete shit show. I am your host, Turch, and with me is my co-host, the CEO that, man, that just found out about a fetish and maybe is into it. It's Kieran. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I, I'm good. I was also going to say it's a complete fart show. <laughs> it is Why complete, am I saying that, Turch? Well, it is a complete fart show. And with us today, a very special, this is a very special interview type, type style of show. Very special guest with us today. It's the owner of... Uh, ep, 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 I tried to say this like 50 times. He's spelt it out phonetically <laughs> no, as well in his Epro- notes. <laughs> Eproctophilia.org, the host of the Fart Fetish podcast and uh, the expert about the fart fetish. It is Raj. How you doing, buddy? I, I'm doing great. I don't know about expert on the fart fetish, but I appreciate that. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Oh, look, today you're our expert, and that's the important thing. That's the important thing. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. So, like I said, a quick background in you. Like I said, you've got a website. You're a host of the Fart Fetish podcast, and um, you got on my radar scrolling through the internet. I'm always interested to see exciting Mm. things, and like uh, like we had a chat just before we started recording you know, we talked to guys that went into the uh, ABDL community. We've talked to fairies. We've talked to all bunch of people, and we thought you were the next logical progression into the uh, into the wide world of fetishes. Well, I appreciate so that. L- let's start it. Yeah, let's start it. Let's start it um, all off because I th- I'm sure lots of people are saying, "What what the hell is going on here?" Because that's what happened in our last part, <laughs> last episode about when we do the ABDL guy. That's adult baby diaper Diaphan- lovers. Oh, right. yeah. So what is eproctophilia and where does the name come from, Raj? Um, well, the roots, I don't know. The The scientific like name of eproctophilia is wherever these uh, fetish terms, the, uh, the more scientific terminology comes from, uh, I can't say. Um, but simply, it's a it's an enjoyment of uh, flatulence. It's a sexual enjoyment of flatulence um, in most cases, I would say. Or that's that's what tends to make it uh, a fetish. I kind of separate uh, fetish yeah. and kink as uh, kink is something that you um, you know you kind of enjoy, but a fetish is something you really need um, to enjoy your sex. Right, right. Very. I, that's a great distinction. I was actually going to ask what the distinction was between the two because I think the two words do get jumbled up. Absolutely. And uh, and cross over here. So this, so for you, uh, farting is something that you need during sex in order to actually enjoy it. Uh, for sure, and it can just be a fantasy. Um, but yeah, absolutely, uh, that is a uh, an aspect of uh, my fantasy or my my sexuality that I do need to uh, climax or what have you, whatever whatever term you want to use for you know completion. Yeah, for sure, whatever. I- Completion. Let's do that one. There. Let's finish. It. Let's do that one there, right? Uh, so, so without any flatulence, there's no completion. Um, no, no. There can be some arousal for sure. Uh, 
uh, you know, through, you know, just foreplay or, you know, making out or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, no, without, without some kind of, uh, fantasy, at least there is, is, uh, really no, no, uh, completion. That's well, look, that seems like a question we can get into further d- down the track. For sure. Me, further down the track. Uh, what a, let's start off with the whole, uh, I like to hear the history. I like to understand the person. Because I think it gives it a bit more hmm. of a clear understanding of uh, of how thing, these little things develop. Now, I did read on your site that this started from a very early age and has continued on as time has gone on. But I don't think everyone's go- not everyone can read, <laughs> uh, especially uh, especially people on the internet. So they like to listen. So Raj, how did this start out for you? Oh, well, I can only assume. I don't have any solid. Uh, yeah, yeah, evidence okay. yeah for sure but but the uh my best guess has always been um my uh my family had a like free nature with uh, with the bathroom or farting in general so like you know mm-hmm. using the bathroom with the door open um more of a just naturalistic uh idea to uh farting i've had guests come on and speak about uh you know in their young age their their you know one of their family members used farting as like a heavy heavy uh, like joke or or um or comedy mm. aspect so there was a lot of farting in that aspect for me it was just kind of like um natural body function and not like hiding it or or feeling embarrassed about it around the house um so my best guess is the early exposure to that um led to some kind of fetishization um for me and i think that also is why i feel like fetishes may be inborn because i don't think i'm the only person who's probably had that experience in their family but many people probably don't develop fetishes um despite having that Hmm. same uh similar upbringing it's interesting that you say that you know naturalistic sort of lifestyle farting and all that sort of because farting i guess in my family and i'm assuming Mm. here and even with my now my my um newborn son farting is it's more of a comedic sort of thing or something to really annoy your wife with. <laughs> yeah, or fart jokes. Fart jokes. Plenty it's, of fart it's, jokes it's pretty, for the nieces and nephews. Very yeah. much a staple in our, um, uh. our comedy regime, I guess. And obviously that had... Was that something that you also had? Was it like somewhat comedic at, at the beginning or in the youth or even as you're going up? Or like... And then transform like in maybe your teenage years into some sort of fetish? Or was it always something that was never really like a funny type of type of uh activity no for for me uh there wasn't really a comedy in it actually there was quite a bit of uh embarrassment in it like when if you remember um nickelodeon or other like uh uh, um, comedy uh cartoon channels uh in the 90s fart jokes were very heavily prominent um as like throwaway Mm. gags or what have you um and these you know, when I saw them on TV, they would often make me uncomfortable if I was like, you know, sitting in the living room or what have you. Um, it almost felt like I was exposed in a way, even though no one had any idea. Um, it felt embarrassing, but it is pretty common. Like the comedy am- angle is pretty common. I just never particularly found uh, uh, farts as a comedic. But that's not a that's not me throwing like shade. Like no, don't I'm no. I don't like people who don't like fart comedy or whatever. Like not at all. So. so- 
So the pool wife finger joke is not in your arsenal. Is that what you're... That particularly, no, no. <laughs> no, fair enough. Well, hang on, hang on. It could be in the arsenal. It's just, it depends on the context. That's right. Of where the pull my finger is being used. Right. You know, I've specifically used the word arsenal as well. It's those, um, that's, that's, that's the uh, comedy mind. What's the fart comedy mind at work? What can I say? So one of the things you say on your uh, on your website anyway, and I, I tried to read as much as I could. Kieran, I think, read more than I. He's he's pretty he's literate, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that during your um, teenage years, you found communities online, and it continued to develop. It helped you develop and understand your fetish. Is that right? That is right. Yeah, I um, you know discovered a lot of it, uh, or a lot of the. Just the fact that there was content online uh, came through like the old Yahoo groups, uh, which are no longer existent, yeah. but that was one place. But yeah, then uh, there was uh, often message boards, uh, usually attributed to a content creator specifically. And that's where I yeah met people. Uh, but more specifically to me, uh, started uh, writing erotica as well. And that's kind of a lot of my, a lot of been my early exploration before the podcast and all that. I um I kind of explored the erotica arena of it. Yeah, so um, and I did read that you read uh, you wrote a lot of erotica. And mm, I think you did mm. the same. Uh, was that again like starting in your teenage years and starting to build up with that community itself, or was that like you know when you started to get uh, when you passed that eighteen year old age, pretty uh, into more of your adulthood? Yeah, pretty much. It was pretty much. Um, yeah, my younger years were like, I think mostly once the internet came about, it was finding things like, uh, I think there's like a, a video, um, it was a parody, Oops, I Farted Again by Britney Spears, oh, not by Britney Spears, yeah. obviously. Um, but yeah, that was yeah. on Newgrounds. And there was a couple other like similar things like that. Um, so that was kind of my youth uh, in, in like internet exploration. Um, and then, yeah, once I kind of went onto forums and read a few other people's writing. I got inspired to, to write because I wanted to, you know, there were stories I wasn't seeing and wanted to uh, yeah. bring the, bring those about. And what was the, I guess, you know, obviously your first couple of stories, what was the feedback? Cause I know that you've written over 200 now. I think I read on your website or something. Sure. Some, some crazy number like that. What was the initial, you know, you said there wasn't much material about it early on. What was the initial um, response from from your uh, from your erotic writing, including the fart fetish? Um, I think, I think because I write for probably a, a smaller a niche segment within the fetish itself, which is already niche, because um, I tend to write right. more of the domination end of things. Right. So uh, reception was pretty mixed. Like the people who didn't see that or weren't uh, reading writings that had that domination element. Um, or how I was doing it, they uh, they appreciated it. But some people were uh, like, "This is you know, this is really cruel. This is really you know." Because I really, for whatever reason, enjoy that. That's kind of the um, part of my origin. It's like I look at my family uh, background as like that could be the origin of the fart fetish. But where I started liking domination, which happened equally as early, I can't say. I'm not actually sure. Yeah. So you've got so so there's an element of freedom in your childhood, and then sort of, do you, so you're not the person who likes to receive pain. You're like the person who likes to give the pain. Uh no, no. I I am actually the person who likes to receive pain. I'm I'm on the uh, the submissive or or uh, 
or uh, or masochistic end, as it were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, would is being farted on is that pain for you, or is that um because you've got like dominatrix and then this this what I'm trying to understand the flatulence it sounds like more of a humiliation. For sure, it is definitely exactly. It is it, more of the humiliation angle rather than than pain. And I'm not particularly into pain, um, uh, like physical pain, as it were. Um, but I am to like the humiliation, degradation, the loss of status, as it were, in that in that fantasy setting. Interesting. And the domination uh, aspect of it. That sort of you said that sort of grew up with in the same sort of time with the fart fetish. So was it more? the fart fetish is a subset of the domination aspect of it, or is it domination more of a, fart, uh, asp, uh, a subset of the fart fetish in, in your, in, for, just for yourself, obviously. A- absolutely. Surprisingly. Yes, actually you're right. The, the domination is, uh, I'm sorry, the farting is a subset of domination. For me, the domination mm. is required. Like just having farting without domination or like, Oh, you hear someone farting in the world that really doesn't do anything for me. I wouldn't think about that later. It doesn't really excite me. Um, as yeah. much as like a more uh, fantastical and and uh, dominating setting. Uh, th- I mean, look, a lot of the questions that we got <laughs> that got sent to me are from from other podcasters and and our friends and 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 people that contribute to the show. Sure. A lot of it was around uh, what makes the fart so, I guess, appetizing. But one the one part of it was, well, does it have to be? You know, it. it the word, the words. That, I don't know if you have it in America. We call it crop dusting. I know mm-hmm. you know what crop sure. dusting is, where someone just farts in a room and just continues to walk, like or goes into an elevator, farts and walks out. Right. The crop dusting, very you know, uh, quite an image. Um, you know, would that be something? It doesn't sound like something that, that would be something that you would be into. That's more just a bodily function at that stage. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm uh, I, I don't know if it's my, my connection to the, the, or my relation to the kink community as well. I'm, I'm pretty heavily uh, into consent. So like even farting, like obviously if you can't hold, you can't stop yourself, you can't, you know, some reason you cannot yeah. hold it in. Sure. But um to do so any any kind of like sexual thing or like to even like you know it's kind of a little rude so i i'm big on like on you know these type of activities especially when they're sexual whether they be for the doer or the receiver to be fully consensual and 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 everybody you know know what they're getting into because there was a number of questions i had people wanted to know if i farted in a room or someone else farted in a room does that is that a, is that a turn on um, but what you're saying is it's not in the the, the setting. It's not, um, it's just, you know, someone sitting on the couch farting isn't going to do anything for you. For sure. And I can't speak for for everyone, certainly. But yeah, definitely for me, it, it wouldn't do anything because uh, because all that's that's necessary, that fantasy. Even I'd say that role play or what have you. But it's really the domination that's, that's most key. Okay, so you're in a setting, you're being dominated. Mm-hmm. What if they can't fart? Like the dominatrix, they can't... Because I can't produce. I can't produce, yeah. I mean, when I want to produce a fart, I can't. And when, I, <laughs> when I'm in a situation where it's like, God help me, I desperately have to fart, but I need to hold it in. Like, you know what I mean? I, it's always in balance for me. So, yeah, tell me what happens. Um, 
I think really there's nothing that can be done. Like I've been in uh, sessions with pro dominatrix, uh, you know, four fart sessions, even, you know, telling them ahead of time, you know, them preparing in whatever way. Um, but it's not something that you can control um, unless you do something like uh, blow air up your ass with like uh, enema tube or something similar, which, which uh, has been done uh, with me once before. Um, but yeah, no, there's really nothing that that can be done. I think, you know, it depends on what the goal is. Like usually when you're with pro dominatrix, the goal is not to climax with them. There's not, you know, generally a thing you do, at least in my experience anyways. Um, but yeah, if I was in a situation where I'd like to, you know, uh, complete, then I would probably, you know, uh, take in the image in front of me and fantasize what I needed to, to, to get off. I think for me, uh, for whatever reason, the idea of a fart and, and climax are like very intertwined. It's like that. It's like them coming out at that moment for me is just like, it's that it's the thing, you know, for whatever reason. Right. So, 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 so you don't need, so you don't need them to, you can visualize the fart you don't need to actually have the fart to to climax for sure for sure especially i think yeah. with the with the proper role player domination in place the proper like degradation or talking like if someone's just sticking their ass in my face i think you know that could get dull or boring after a bit you know there's there's you know activities that can be done there but uh without like that aura of of humiliation and degradation i think it's a lot um a lot less exciting for me because because what i what i'm thinking of here is um it sounds like there's almost this element of of surprise like you don't know if the fart is going to come um and ga gamblers you know at, at um, pokey machines you know they they don't know slot when that machines. Slot, slot machines, machines. yeah they don't know when that big wind's going to come the gamblers like you know they, they and and yeah, they get yeah, these yeah. sort of like little winds but it's they don't know when it's going to happen so it keeps them there longer and it and it's mm -hmm. that i know it's coming but i don't know when is, is that sort of similar in in your situation like the the dominatrix person they've had a curry and onion <laughs> and garlic and you know the, the guts producing these it's fermenting these farts and you know it could come, but it it may not, or it may be amazing. Am I am I on the money there? It's funny that you said it. So instead of big wins, it's big wins. Sorry, that doesn't really come <laughs> yeah. across. Um, I really, I actually thought, I actually, thought, I was going to give you credit for that, but I don't think you meant that at all. Oh no, that totally, <laughs> totally went. <laughs> no, uh, but you know, it's surprising because I've actually never had that thought. But I think you're actually right on the money in something there because. I think a lot of it is the is that hype is the build up to the actual fart itself. In a way it's its own foreplay of like, you know, I'm going to fart on you. This is what I've been eating. It's this is how it's going to smell or you're going to suffer or whatever. It's this idea of like building that aura to build that excitement essentially and then to achieve that climax mm. as it were, whether it be a so fart a or an orgasm. Yeah. So look, I think I've got more questions in regards to that, but I think what I'd really like to know is your first sexual experience mm. that involved um, farting as part of the sexual experience. How did that, how did you initiate that? And what was your end result that in, in, in that whole process, in that whole um, experience? Um, 
Well, on on like excitingly, I suppose like I my first experience was through Pro Dominatrix. So I was I was relatively uh, in you know in my older days, my you know probably mid or late twenties, um, and I had found a uh, dungeon that had offered like face sitting and and um, I don't know if they explicitly mentioned farting, but I talked to them on the phone and they had mentioned they could handle it. Um, I did a walk in the first time, which is not smart to do something with farting because it requires prep. Um, I think the dominatrix I had at that time, uh, you know, did her best or whatever. And, you know, I got face sad or whatever, which is hot in its own way. Um, and especially, you know, dominatrix, pro dominatrix tend to be very good at dominating and creating this role play scenario as well, which is very nice. Um, yeah, but that was kind of the first experience and subsequent experiences would just be re returning to that dungeon with more prep, finding, uh, doms that were a little more, uh, maybe into or already practicing the farting. Maybe they were doing it on OnlyFans or their other personal settings. Um, and then, yeah, going through those means. And that was up until I had my first, uh, uh, not my first girlfriend ever, but my first girlfriend that we actually made uh, content together and other videos um, of, of that sort. So, yes, yeah, so I was going to ask, like with all these sexual experiences um, uh, initially, all these experiences initially um, were through a dominatrix, through like, like you know, calling them up. Is there a big, you know, what, how, what, how does that discussion, how does that discussion sort of go uh, in the first place uh, when you call them up? How do you, how, what do you ask for if you want to try this out? Um, for sure, I find it's easy to just, it's best to just be forthright. Um, I had a hard time with that. That's um, why I did a couple sessions that were uh, not quite as dominating or not quite as close to what I wanted early on um, because it was taking me some time to be comfortable and to saying um, what I wanted. You know, even even amongst people who are professionals in this industry, it's, uh, it's not always easy to be uh, comfortable to admit it partly why I started the podcast is to kind of fully say like, this is me and, and kind of accept it. I'm not saying yeah. that's the right path for everyone to be so public about it. There's an ego pursuit to it as well. But I think along the way, I found out that I could help people that, you know, are, you know, maybe want to stay secret about it, but maybe want to tell a loved one or something like that. So you said there's a bit of preparation when it comes to that's why you have to call ahead, talk to them, this and that. Is it because, Obviously, the, you know, to be able to produce enough farts, like, you know, is it, uh, is does it take, one, does it take a lot of farts to sort of get you to where you need to be? And secondly, what component of the fart itself is the attractive part for you? Is it, is it the smell? Is it, the, is it the feel? Is it the, what, what really, the, or sound. the sound? What are the, those two things there, you know? preparation to, for the outcome uh the output what 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 do you sort of need when it comes to um something like that i think the unfortunate thing for me and maybe a lot of other fetishists that uh have this is um a lot of the pornography uh in this realm uh is unrealistic in the sense of how many farts are produced you know per second or minute or like it's it, they're edited to be um yeah. as as productive as it say let's say uh, as possible yeah, okay. um so 
I think there's a, it's really easy to get caught up in that idea and forget what that, what a real bodily function or how, you know, infrequently, um, you know, majority of people yeah. fart unless they have some kind of condition or other, uh, other thing, uh, going on. So I think it's, uh, to, to answer that question, I think I do, you know, tend to prefer, you know, a, a, a large, you know, boisterous number of farts as in to say loud. Um, and, uh, you know, in my fantasy, I tend to enjoy them. That's, you know, an element of the suffering for them to be uh, odiferous or, or smelly, as it were. Um, but I haven't actually been in the setting in which I've been in that um, particular, uh, particular, you know, I haven't had a smelly fart around me in a, in a sexual setting, as it were. Right. So the smell for you is, it, it's more about the, the, the audio aspect of it the, and, and the feel of it, I guess. Because if someone's, I guess, sitting on you and farting, you probably want to feel it. For sure. And then you want, probably want to, probably want to like, you know, um, yeah, you probably want to feel it and you want to hear it as loud as possible. But the smell aspect sort of secondary to those two things. Uh, I would say so. I would say so. And again, it's just more the practicalities of it. I, I think there's... Um, there's hygiene and diet issues that contribute to uh, having, uh, you know, smelly farts. So I think that's, you know, asking a pro dom to, hey, let's do a fart session is one thing. Asking them to, hey, maybe don't shower for a couple of days. I think you can do it, but it's a little more uh, perhaps invasive, perhaps. Yeah, that's it. So, so, so you tied down when they fart on you? Um, I have never been particularly tied down. I've had my head in like uh -huh. a, a box, as it were, um, not particularly airtight. But so like uh, she would be like sitting on a, you know, toilet type rim above me and I'm just with a head in a box. Um, that was the session in which she was uh, using uh, uh, an enema tube to pump air, as it were. Right. Right, because you, you said earlier you like sort of like the humiliation sub- um component but you've but if you're not like tied down you've still got a bit of freedom can get away it's true it's true i think there's a um uh in myself there's a personality element of like uh accepting the submission despite you know not you know not enjoying it but just kind of mm -hmm. i guess submitting to it as it were mm. understood understood fascinating um well, you, okay, you sort of said that you, a lot of your initial sessions and sessions going forward were with a dominatrix. So that's obviously like, you know, you call ahead, uh, you organize it, you all that sort of stuff. And you've only said in the more, I guess, more recent times, uh, I'll, I'm, just, I'm just trying to remember exactly what you said, but that's when your current partner, I'm going to say? Not current, no, a previous partner, current, but yes. A previous, part, a previous partner, uh, she was also into the fetish. Not into the fetish, no. Um, she was a right. she was a pro dominant. I know, surprising. She was a pro dominatrix, but okay. uh, you know, through my um, you know just my interest in it, she was uh, willing to to do videos with me, uh, as it were. So right, yeah, okay. So let's uh, to, so you so uh, I'd love to. I really want to talk about that, but let's go back to some of your other partners. Uh, you've you were obviously into this fetish, and I'm just assuming you had other partners before this because you sort of Im implied that. Um, did you try to introduce this into yeah you know, into the bedroom as well, or was that something you kept sort of private and then 
you know what had you know and if you did try to introduce it how did you do that it, it's kind of twofold of like two different parts of my life when i was in the early uh parts of my life i i didn't i wasn't a very uh i was pretty introverted so i didn't have my first uh, girlfriend until like 22 or so um and it took me a while to work up the courage to eventually tell her about the fetish but we never really explored it i wasn't seemingly ready at the time to explore it with a person it was kind of just my personal fantasy um and you know i was happy that it wasn't like weighing on my shoulders that wasn't a secret from her but at the same time it just didn't feel um right and then now to more recent uh recent partners it's almost like because i'm so into that domination element without a partner that can properly go in that direction it almost not quite worth for me going into because i think it's not it's it's better if you know we have you know other type of sex and uh and i you know enjoy the fantasy um you know if i'm to climax or what have you but but yeah it's uh there's there's seemingly a big separation i guess because of the heavy role play and domination element for me that I'm not 100% sure if I could bring it with a uh, a vanilla partner, as it were. I almost would need to... Yeah. I, I find myself to be poly, so I would almost need to explore like a kink, um, you know, side relationship right. or something like that. So can you climax in a vanilla relationship? Um, with, with, only with the mental stimulation. With the, got, yeah. You've got your own, you said. With the fantasy. But you need, you need, yeah. you, you need the fantasy... In mind, yes. Yeah. yeah. In in mind in the vanilla in the vanilla relationship. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So so uh, I'm just uh, just say you so you're poly, which means you you know I'm I'm just going to do it for the audience and I hope I'm doing it right, Raj. That means you like to have multiple partners or you know prefer to have multiple partners at the same time instead of being monogamous. That's that's like, that's you know, that's right. Monog- yeah. Yeah. And is it? Um, you said you had girlfriends and stuff in the past. Is it always female relationships or are you? Uh, we explored the other side as well. No, I've I've always been uh, I've always been heterosexual. I've never really um, okay. explored that other side at all. Because yeah, one of the questions that came through for us was: Is it you know is it just farts in general? So if a man, you know, in this case here, being a dominatrix or dom- uh, what I don't know what the male version is called, sure. but they were to dominate you and fart on you, dominatrix. There you go. That wouldn't do it for you. It still has to be uh, female. Um, the female dominating yourself with the farting. That's right. That's right. There are quite a few, yeah. um, uh, you know, gay homosexual fart fetishists in the in the fart fetish community. It is it is um, yeah. perhaps more pre- more prevalent, perhaps because of the the stigmatization being less less. You know, with the stigma of being gay, I think you know having a fart fetish is a little less uh, stigmatizing beyond that. So I think. Uh, you know, it's a little. It's a little more um, isolating, I suppose, on the straight side. Right. So, can I ask now? Now, now, a you know, very heterosexual question. We'll say, are you an ass man or a tits man? No, I'm definitely an ass man. De- okay. By far. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now, God, imagine if imagine if the tits could fart. Yeah, well, tit man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess uh, I guess the actually. Next- it's not a bad. Could you write a story about because Turch is a tit man? That's true. And maybe we could get Turch into the fart <laughs> fetish. So maybe if these tits could also produce farts, 
Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran's just Kieran's just asking for a, he'll he'll he'll, t- he'll message you later. I'll read it out on the podcast right. for, right. for you, Church. <laughs> so I guess I guess my I guess my uh, question is, uh, you know, uh, I, I only into females. All that. Uh, oh, I've completely forgotten where my train of thought was going with that one. There. Oh, sorry, I, I can't. Probably, I I I, inter- no, I ask and enjoy it. So you, obviously you're an ass fan. My apologies. I've got it written down here. So does the size of the ass affect? Uh, your enjoyment of the fart. I wouldn't. I that's that's I don't know. Uh, I'd like certainly I enjoy okay. a, a more voluptuous or or what have you, whatever word you'd like to use, uh, uh, derriere, yeah. posterior. But but sh- but um, I don't think it's it's a huge factor. Um, but yeah, certainly yeah. I have a a a. Um, I'm leaning more on the larger ass side. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh good. Oh, good. Okay. I, 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 sorry, I'm going to change track here. Sure. Some people listening to this would be very disgusted in hearing about farts. Certainly, yeah. And just in the kink. Um, and in a psych perspective, there are at least two clear disgust like pathways. I won't get into this, but some people find something disgusting and other people can go, oh, it's not that disgusting, right? So I'm assuming you've got other things that just completely turn you off. Um, I mean, certainly I don't enjoy everything. Absolutely. That's, that's certainly true. I don't know if I have, uh, like, I'm not like viscerally, uh, like, uh, or, or like, like put off by them. I think I'm more just like, you know, okay, this doesn't do anything for me, but I, you know, I can turn away slowly. I don't need to like run as it were. Mm-hmm. I, I guess a lot of people would say the next logical thing from farting would be poo. Um, what is that something that also can, can, can have you ever thought about something like that or is farts like your that tweet that you draw the line um i pretty in the in reality i would draw the line at farting i don't see myself ever exploring yeah. uh scat in the uh in the real world mm. um i've i've had golden showers it wasn't super um, appealing, especially I think one of the things about golden showers is the practicality element. You can't just like, if someone's sitting on your face and in bed, they can't just start pissing on you. Cause that's just clean. You're yeah, going to have to get yeah. a new bed. You're just like, so you have to get up, you know, you have to kind of break the mood, move to a setting that is, you know, clean up ready, like the bathtub or something and start again. So it's not quite conducive to like keeping in the moment of, of being dominated. Um, but no, I wouldn't see myself uh, exploring uh, any kind of uh, scat, anything beyond farting, particularly. Right. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm completely in that boat with you. I think that, uh, yeah, that definitely draws a line uh, for me. So uh, one of the things you talked about before was there wasn't much material for yourself. So that's why you got into writing erotic uh, novels or erotic stories about the Fart Fetish podcast, uh, Fart Fetish itself. Um, what, uh, over time, I'm sure things have changed. Obviously, OnlyFans has been a, a, a big jump, but I saw some, some, uh, you interviewing people on your podcast that create fart, I'll say porn, but fart videos anyway, especially, I think Amy Farts was one I read, I listened to, uh, not too long ago. Sure. Um, has it, what does fart porn look like now, uh, compared to what it was five, six years ago? I mean, I think now it's quite diverse, as you might guess. Like, there's pretty much content for every 
type of niche. I still feel like domination, this is for my own taste. There's plenty of domination content yeah. out there. I don't find it to be um, believable or high enough quality in many cases. Um, but yeah. there's plenty of other experiences. There's what I tend to call like the girlfriend experience, which be like, oh, my girlfriend, she's ki- she's cooking in the kitchen and oh, she farted somehow that I, I don't have that type of fetish particularly. So I don't know what's thrilling about that particularly, but I do, um, I can empathize, I can understand uh, as it were. So yeah, it's really kind of now a, uh, a du jour of just like everything's there. There's like you know, people yeah. role playing as characters, you know, famous characters, um, and doing whether it be domination or more cutesy um, domination, and, and really a whole spectrum of like harsh domination, cutesy domination. You know, girlfriend's a little mean to me. To the girlfriend's the sweetest thing, and I want farts, so you know, she farts in my face mm-hmm. or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think back in the day, uh, I think again, it's just more more diverse now. There wasn't what I was missing back in the day was the domination that was particularly cruel or harsh. Um, the, the stories that were kind of written with uh, a disregard uh, for, for the main character, the character being, being tormented uh, kind of uh, um, polarizing stories as it were. Cause yeah, definitely if you weren't into uh, if your fetish wasn't, about getting dominated or tortured um, with this thing that you did like, uh, yeah, you wouldn't be into that. But but for me, mm. I definitely needed that, and I'm glad I, you know, happened to find at least some people that did too. Mm. And I'm guessing within the porn now, it's more of a there's more subgenres. I'm guessing so you go like the more the wet farts and more the like yeah, long farts or the consistent farts. You said like people edit like I guess compilations, so it's rapid fire. Absolutely. Like you said. Mm. Yeah, there's lots of different things. (laughs) I mean, people will do compilations, but even some of the creators themselves, the way they edit uh, their creation, whether they use multiple angles or what have you, um, they'll make it appear as if they're farting, you know, one, two, three after another when, you know, probably that took several minutes. Some some creators even record one video over the course of like one or two days. Yeah. and you were saying, like, in your experience, like, the smell is somewhat important to your uh, completion? Is that, is that, it's, it's cer- is that right? Or- it's an idea. It's certainly an idea. In It's a fantasy in mind, for right. sure. I haven't, uh, like I say, experienced a, a particularly odiferous uh, flatulence yeah. fart. But, um, yeah, I, I do believe so, the, so, uh, it ties in. Yeah, so what... If you had a choice, what would be the preferred type of smell? Is it more of a like a yeah? What 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 type of smell is the best for you? Let's just say that's a good question. I don't. To be honest, I don't know. I could only go off, you know, like my own farts sometimes when you know I I have them. But like, it's really I would say just like. I don't know, sulfurous, I suppose. Like, I think it's just that, uh, that intensity, but I think more it's more abrasive, more abrasive. And I think it is, uh, I think yeah. it's unique to each person. I'm going to, well. I'm going to, I'm going to add an element. Please describe your 10 out of 10 experience mm. that you may or may not have had, obviously, because we're talking about smell, but what is the ultimate 10 out of 10 experience mm. with sounds, bass, smell? What is it? 
for sure. Um, definitely a like a loud bassy fart. I think you know we have a tendency to. I don't think this is always true, but there is a tendency to believe like a uh, a larger woman or a BBW a woman would have a more boisterous fart. So we could go in that direction, um, as it were. Um, and yeah, I think it would just be like a. I don't know, like a. It's really hard to explain, uh, like describe, but I would say like a eggy or like I don't know dairy laden fart veggie fart i'm not sure like uh it would you know someone, having someone not experienced who, someone them. who really can't yeah someone mm-hmm. who can't in, who can't really like lactose intolerant type fart like really abrasive perhaps uh, that, really I mean, that, like strong yeah perhaps that tends to be the description i use in in stories often so yeah i would lean in that direction yeah. but you know without the experience i couldn't say for certain excellent all right another question <laughs> When you said you're more of a sub, um, like to be dominated, when, right. when did, when my question is like, why, what's the, what's the turn on there? What's the, like, do you know how this came about? Um, I don't, I, I, there's certainly something about being humiliated, losing my station, um, that's somewhat appealing. It's actually appealing, in fact. Um, like, I can't really explain it. I couldn't put an origin on it. But I know um, it was occurring very early on because I, you know, one of my, you know, uh, kindergarten fantasies, um, kindergarten, first grade fantasies was, you know, like uh, giants, you know, bursting their ass through the walls of like the classroom and and farting um, kind of everyone into like uh, a submission or what have you, a, a, a frenzy as it were. So, yeah, I. I so so, yeah. so when you were in when you were in first grade. That's right. Like as in like a six or seven year old, you're, you're, you're already thinking about giants bursting into the room and farting. For sure. Yeah. Which I, as a seven year old would have found that hilarious. Yeah. Sure. Like what a cool, cool kid story. But you, so you wouldn't have found that hilarious. You were somewhat interested or intrigued by it. Absolutely. I mean, for me, it was a, it was definitely a, uh, you know, I don't know if it was a early, early prepubescent type of uh, whatever, but I was already like exploring myself at that at that age um, to those fantasies. Obviously, not to completion, but you know, I was uh, I was uh, already you know, um, you know, doing doing what young kids may do sometimes when they're you know excited. So, so, so that's in, that's interesting, but that's still not submissive. Um, sure, I suppose so. Uh, in in my in my fantasy mind it would be uh but another another one that may uh may work is uh you have no it's the lack of control it's the lack of control it it is it is very much the lack of control yeah. um and i think you know we talked about like being bound and it's not even really required i feel my whatever my personality as it were or at least in this fantasy is submissive enough that it would just be like you know if someone tells you to sit down or whatever i'll just do it you know you don't have to you know tie me up yeah. or like you know do other things i'll be just like you know okay you know you're the authority i'll i'll do it i'll do that um so, so in your in your professional life mm-hmm. then uh are you quite authoritative in your, in your in your job or in your position like do you manage a lot of people or uh you you know is that is that what you do in your 
I guess your professional life, you are the authoritative one. I, I, and maybe in your sex life, you are the dis- the opposite. Like, that's what turns you on. For sure. I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say I, I follow that uh, that uh, stereotype, which I'm sure is true in, in many cases. Um, but no, for me, I mean, I, I, my family has a business. So I, you know, I may be a a manager or boss, but I mean, it's not really over a number of people and I'm not really even, I don't enjoy that position. I don't really enjoy a position of authority as it were. I'm more, you know, just, I don't know. I'm just chill guy. I like to smoke weed. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I'm an actor. Like that's the path I wanted to go down. I'm kind of, uh, in the business, the family business as it were, um, just out of necessity out of that's where money is made. Um, so yeah, I would rather have a more idealistic uh, life path, as it were. So no, to answer your question, no, I don't really have that uh, authoritarian uh, or authoritative day to day. Hmm. And your family knows you do this fart podcast, and you have this fart fetish. Um, my family is, you know, they're not the most. Uh, involved i would suppose i would say like i think they yeah. they probably do know um you Keep know your sex life separate to your family for sure for sure like i i do have it yeah. listed on my twitter but none of my family looks at my twitter um you know that's yeah. kind of like a more of a you know there's many fetishists on twitter it's actually kind of a haven for many fart fetishists um with the permissiveness of uh you know adult content also on twitter uh it's become a you know kind of a safe place Well, let's talk about the fun stuff then, because you do run the, other than your writings, you do run the Fart Fetish podcast, I think it's episode 22 or 23, just came out recently. That's right, yeah. Uh, Talk about that, talk about why why you started it, uh, what you do on there. Yeah, give, give us a bit of a synopsis for anyone who hasn't listened to it yet, which I'm assuming is a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. No, I imagine so. Uh, I started it a bit out of an ego pursuit because I was at the end of my rope creatively. I was like, not sure, you know, I wasn't making, I was, you know, I've been doing film and acting for about 10 years, um, but I wasn't strategic about it. I didn't know what I was doing. And I kind of burned out like doing student films and a lot of unpaid work um, thinking like, oh, I'll make it, I'll, you know, this next one will be the one. Um, and you just, you know, you never know. And there's so many projects. It's just, you should, you should be working for money rather than just like, ah, you know, some hope yes. and a prayer. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I started the podcast because I, you know, wanted to have a show. It felt like something that I could, you know, I was one of the few people that I could actually do, you know, being someone who's been in this uh, fetish for a long time. Uh, so I started it and I really didn't know what I was going to do. I started the first two episodes with basically a rant, uh, as it were, um, just about, you know, what I was... Yeah. You just described our show. Sure. It's 230 <laughs> episodes. See, exactly. Kindred spirits. So, yeah, I was just kind of ranting about what I, you know, the things I was seeing wrong in the community. Um, and one of those things being mainly that, um, especially the straight side, which was the only side I knew previous to the podcast, was uh, the lack of community. Like, it's it's a little bit difficult in my experience to get... Uh, straight men who have uh, a erotic or adult content in common to kind of want to, 
get to know each other any better. Like certainly there's some understanding of like, oh, you know, um, this is a fetish, but I think there, the longer you stay in these communities, the more you kind of want something more, whether it be a romantic partner um, and hopefully find someone who's, who's you know, accepting of that, but also finding friends you can actually talk to, feeling, feeling actual acceptance. And I think that's, that's also part of what I was trying to do. It's like, I could, um, I could finally feel like I can brace this, uh, this fetish, almost like I was uh, kind of shedding the, uh, the last layers of, of secrecy. Cause I feel myself a pretty open person. Uh, but this fetish was kind of the last barrier to me, not, uh, not sharing myself. And since then, since those first two episodes, from what I can see, like I think I said before, lots of guests on that are part of the community and just trying to under you just trying to understand them just like we're trying to understand you it's precisely right yeah i i was fortunate enough to have a uh the guest that came on my third show damien uh reach out to me and want to be interviewed um and that really opened my eyes and kind of changed the trajectory of the podcast from that moment because mm. uh it was very interesting to get perspective that I didn't have, despite me, you know, having all this, you know, knowledge of being a writer and being in, you know, deviant arts and different message boards and starting in Yahoo groups, you know, having this history and still, I didn't even know half of the community at all. Mm. That's great. And episode 22 or 23 is about to pop out something like tw that. Tw I think 22 just came 23 out. 23 just came out. Just came out on the fr last Friday. 23, yeah. my apologies. No worries. No worries. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to keep up. Sure, sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, and what's the latest episode all about? Like, what, uh, uh, who did you have on that one? Uh, the latest episode is with uh, Ruby Farts. She's a content creator. Um, and what was surprising to me is also she's an advocate um, for uh, disadvantaged groups like, uh, you know, uh, sex workers, um, homelessness, the, all kinds of uh, uh, marginalized communities um, that she, uh, you know, she actually puts her her. I guess her advocacy or her money where her mouth is with, uh, you know, she does sex work as a content creator, but also advocates them for them as well. Um, and it's just, as always, it's just very interesting to learn, um, learn about people and their, in their history and their past and how things got started, um, with, uh, mm. with them kind of, it's almost like for me, I was trying to figure out my own origins. If I could get, if I could hammer them down any clearer by talking to other people and seeing where, where they started. And there's some similarities with some and some yeah. uh, many differences as well. Yeah. No, fantastic. Look, cause it, uh, I highly recommend listening to at least a couple of episodes of the show, get into it. It's uh, always a fascinating chat. And uh, you're a fantastic presenter, which makes it a lot, you know, you know, compared to some other interview podcasts, uh, a lot easier to enjoy the content. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thanks. Which is good. So, Church is big on the, you know, the audio aspect. I try to make it as clear <laughs> as possible. You can see, probably see all the musical instruments in the background. Right. I kind of care about the audio. Yeah, absolutely. Audio makes aspect sense. of it. Hearing, you got any, uh, got any more Look, questions? I have got one more question. Okay, I've got a few more after that, and then we'll get some silly questions out, I think. that might Oh, be no, fun. mine's a silly question. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe I'll do I'll do my more serious, uh, my more... Um, I'll let you do a more... Go serious. Mine's a silly Yeah, one. sure. So you said <laughs> that you created co uh, content with your partner, uh, the girlfriend that was also part of the, 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 uh, the fetish at the time. Um, mm -hmm. how did you go about doing that and why did you want to create that sort of content? Um, 
I mean, to be honest, I think it was simply uh, making money. Like I was, you know, still looking for ways to uh, make money outside of the family business. I was driving Uber, which is not fun no. at all. Like not, not, it doesn't fit my personality. I, I respect anyone who, who can do it, does do it, enjoys do, doing it. Um, it's just not something I could do long term. Um, so it was just kind of a, an idea I enjoyed. Uh, I, you know, being filmmaker and actor, I kind of liked it. I had some equipment. So it was just kind of like, yeah, this would be fun. I'd like to do this. Um, and I just brought it to her and I, I took some convincing. I don't think she was super thrilled about it. Um, it's definitely not her niche. Um, so uh, it was definitely something she was going out of her comfort zone mm -hmm. to do. Okay. Is that still available for purchase or anything like that? Or is that something you've just gone, no, that's a different part of my life. I've removed that from my website and all that sort of stuff. No, no, it's it's still available. It's uh, you know, my website, thefartcloset.com, has uh, has links to whether it be stories. I've done captions. The videos are there too. So yeah, I, I that all my content's still there. I you know, I'm hopefully re-entering that industry as well. Might just be with the uh, face sitting aspect. We'll see. You know what kind of uh, um you know, models we can work with. But uh, yeah, my hope is to get back into making content in some way. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, look, I think I'm, I'm, all, I'm out of all, I guess, we'll say serious questions. <laughs> sure. All the fun. But maybe <laughs> now we can end up with some with some fun stuff uh, that people have been asking us to ask you. And uh, we can go from and, uh, yeah. and then we can yeah, wrap it all up. From one of our audience members. How many times have you got pink eye? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> You know, having never been like directly uh, face farted or like very few times uh, other than creating content, I don't recall ever getting pink eye as of yet. Okay. So I perhaps just lucky, clean people. I'm not sure exactly what it's the exact result of pink eye is. Fart six. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Safe, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's precisely right. That's right. Um, if uh, you said the audio aspect is an important aspect to the the fart itself is a substitute um oh. <laughs> is a substitute type of fart sound uh does that do anything for you so if you hear like a whoopee know, cushion yeah like a whoopee cushion or like in the sexual setting like a whoopee cushion or an arm fart or those hand farts you can do or like a farting sound machine in a sexual setting will that help uh the arousal aspect or is it because it's not from you know it's not from a person it's not good i think it really depends i think you can be really strategic whether it be i think many times those are sound effects that are often the most uh most convincing especially in an edited video yeah. so yes i think if those are done uh in a way that someone knows what they're doing with editing they know timing they know like you know when a fart should be coming out of a body as it were um, I think, yeah, I think, I don't know if everyone, not everyone would agree with this. I think many people are like, no, they have to be natural. They have to be, you know, this and that. Um, and they'll stem, stand firm with that. Um, me with the fantasy, like, no, I think as long as I don't know it's fake, like if, if I don't see the whoopee cushion or whatever, if the illusion um, can ma ma be maintained, yeah. then yeah, I think uh, there are aspects that can certainly be uh, fooled in that way. Yeah. Um, with different sounds, obviously different sound of different farts. You said a low one is is preferable uh, more than more than the other ones. Is there are there people out there that are into you know farts that like go up or down in pitch? 
of time goes on in your experience or is it strictly like a, a, a solid tone of, of a fart sound? I mean, I can't speak to the preciseness uh, of that, but I would say definitely there is a variety of enjoyment in terms of sound. Um, I don't think it's everyone that enjoys uh, boisterous or bubbly, uh, as it were, farts. Um, but I couldn't say for certain. Yeah. Those are certainly the most, uh, like, people who talk about that are certainly the most vocal, I'd yeah. say. Um, but I don't know. I think there are plenty of people who enjoy uh, the whole spectrum of sound. Excellent. Uh, and... Uh... Uh, if you you said the the smell of the fart is something you enjoy as well, uh, I mean the whole there's a big joke obviously of you know farting in a jar and sort of storing it with the smell and opening up a fart in a jar. Um, is that something? <laughs> I don't even know how to ask this. Sorry, this is from our audience. Uh, jar, I guess farting in a jar and retaining some of that smell is that something you've ever done or thought about or? fantasized or fantasized about or you know to carry like a little fart around with you no no <laughs> i've i mean the fart jars certainly have been uh been a popular like topic especially with the the stephanie motto i forget what she got famous of from the bachelor or something i forget okay. but yeah with her fart jars and her her couple news stories um the fart jars definitely became a, a mm. bit of a uh, an excitement but no i i'm not really um into that i'm not like it's not something like whether doing it myself has never been appealing to me and purchasing uh, one, I'm a, little, a bit too frugal and minimalistic for that. Okay. But like, nah, I just don't see the practicality of it. I'd, I'd rather spend that money on paying for a session yeah. uh, with a dominatrix than, uh, than a facsimile with a jar. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the conversion rate will be here mm. in Australia. What, what does a, a fart session cost with a dominatrix in the USA? Uh, I, I don't know if they upcharge for farting particularly. It hasn't been my experience. Yeah. Uh, but typically, uh, the dominatrix I've seen, or at least from the uh, the dungeon that they that I tend to you know uh, call or, or uh, make appointments from, uh, is about four hundred dollars an hour. Okay, four hundred US. So when the, US. when the prices go up, you know supply and demand, and that means more people are getting into farts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I guess the final... <laughs> I don't even know where you're going with no, that. No, because you said you don't know, don't know if you're upcharging. They're upcharging for the farts. Well, maybe you've got to call in and ask for a session that doesn't involve farts and find out for sure. Find yeah, out what's okay. going on. I get what you're going I, with But that. yeah, I'm guessing it's not... I don't think fart is the largest kink that's people are calling out for domi so. dominatrix. I think the dominatrix aspect is already not. the kink. That the kink, asking yeah, for. yeah. It's, it's, you're writing like you know, you it's know, a bit hot of wax an, on the car. After it's a bit a of an add-on. It's it's sort of like a bit like you know the low-cost airline uh, carrier. You know, uh, uh, they're not obviously charging on, but they could. We should consult to the dominatrix. <laughs> You know, do you want economy <laughs> economy plus? Do you want a mill with this? You, you know, we could be charging for smells yeah, and for you, sounds. You, is and... it like a selecting off a menu? Do you go like the base price and then you add on like, you know, you get your chicken Caesar salad and you want bacon in that and you add the bacon? <laughs> no, in my experience, it's just been flat. Yeah. I don't I don't think yeah. that the... I, I only said the upcharge just because I'm not sure. Yeah. But no, I imagine sessions are just uh, flat rate and the, the, uh, the fetishes that are... 
that you want are just included as part of the uh, the session <laughs> that, rate. That makes more sense <laughs> to me. Kieran's got his own way of pricing things <laughs> over there. And uh, the, look, the <laughs> final big question I have is what, what was the impact of South Park when they talked about Brazilian fart porn? Did that, did that help uh, encourage the community or did that bring a lot of negativity to the community? Uh, it's funny. I don't recall much discussion like within the community uh, about that. It's possible I just wasn't in uh, message boards and such at the time. Um, once I went started making stories on my own website, I kind of, didn't have i uh you know i kind of let community come to me and like hey i like your stories or you know a chat uh chat box on my website or stuff so i hadn't heard too much about that um but i yeah i can't imagine i think in many cases the exposure in any direction tends to help more so than than hurt um that's my belief, anyways. Cause that, cause like I, I think said, that, I think that would be my first ex- experience to like you know fart porn or farting in pornography or in, in sexual accents sure. in general. I'm guessing what would be in your your understanding of of, of fawn. Uh, we'll call it fawn. Fawn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, what would your experience be like? The most culturally significant thing to ha- to help boost your community or the, how to boost the the fart fetish community itself. That's the only one. Um, only one I could think of is the South Park, uh, for sure. I think it really it's going to depend on who you talk to, yep. but I think definitely some people would say, uh, as I just mentioned, the Stephanie Motto fart jar story. I think that definitely gave some exposure. Again, people are going to take from it or perceive of it what they want. If they have a negative opinion of farts or have it after reading it, they're probably always going to be that way. And those who are into it. Or, or interested by it will be interested. It's kind of what you said earlier, Kieran, of like there's a disgust factor of like uh, this is totally disgusting or like, uh, you know, that's not so bad. I think it's it comes down to that. It's the litmus test of like how do people react to this? Um, is this something they really need to cringe away from hard or they're just like, yeah, I'm not into this, but, you know, do you, you do you. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very much that in, in terms of uh, the highest like – pop culture uh, as it were reference south park i would say would be probably the the biggest one seen um but there's tons of ones that are people mentioning now that i haven't seen that are in cartoons uh, contemporary cartoons for me one of the biggest ones that was uh i guess impactful to me was like angry beavers if you remember that show at all from the 90s yeah, yeah, yeah. there was like a fart there was like a fart domination episode where one of them accidentally farted in the face and the whole episode was like, I'm going to get revenge on you. And it was like waiting for when the revenge was coming, which of course came at the very end of the episode. But the revenge was him, again, farting on the other one's face. Oh. So not that you saw it. Like it was just like the, you know, coming to camera, close up, zoom in and cut to black. Yeah. But yeah, the idea was there. That was kind of the the most impactful or the most similar to my fetish or the way I take the fetish. Amazing. Well, look, Raj, uh, you've been an absolutely amazing guest to talk to. So many, so much insight, so much, um, I've learned so much throughout this whole, whole process here. Uh, I'm sure that when this podcast comes out, more people will have more questions. So we'll have to have you back in the future. But if people want to find out more about you, where can they go uh, to, to listen to you talk about all this sort of stuff? 
Um, I think easiest is just fartfetishpodcast.com. It redirects to aproctophilia.org, which is kind of why I did it. Aproctophilia is hard to spell. It's kind of hard to find. So fartfetishpodcast.com redirects right there. Um, there's informative stuff there, like uh, other notable figures who have had farts um, you know, in their background, Stephen King being one. Um, so interesting stories, interesting backgrounds. Um, yeah, it's a it's a just something I've I've enjoyed doing to try to help this fetish get a little more normalized. If we could get it on the level in in my mind of like foot fetish or where furry's kind of approaching, um, I think that would be a great place. Yeah, you know what? My I actually asked my wife, "What would you rather me have a foot fetish?" Uh, one or a fart one and I think the fart one won out which is a bit which I thought was very interesting to be perfectly honest but very interesting but we'll, yeah we'll, leave it at, we'll have her on the podcast <laughs> and we'll we'll find out about from her that's right well, look, Raj, we cannot thank you enough for coming on the show you've been an absolute star to us today and um, coming on uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure, Raj. It's but been ladies a pleasure. and gentlemen, for all of your wanking needs, our uh, fart needs, our fart needs, Raj, our fans we call wankers. Wankers is pretty much a term of endearment here in Australia, so um, sure. our fans are called wankers. But for all your wanking needs, make sure you follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and Spotify. And if you'd like to send us some hate mail, some death threats, some rants, or some questions for Raj that we hopefully we can have him back next time and ask him, make sure you email us at we only do one take podcast at gmail.com. Raj, thank you so much once again for coming on the show. No, thank you so much for having me. I really loved thank it. Kieran. We'll see you next Thursday. See you, next Thursday. <laughs> you are listening to we only do one take podcast. The only podcast in the world that is a complete shit show. Oh.